Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Amen, Transformers. So let's get into the message this morning. I'm excited to share with you this last message from our series called Test Proof. It's called A Season of Success. And as we come to the conclusion of our Test Proof series, we enter our final episode. And fittingly, James concludes this letter that he's writing to the Christ followers that have been persecuted and dispersed across the land because of persecution. And he's writing these words and encouraging them about prayer. And he leaves them with words about an old prophet named Elijah. He encourages them to pray for one another. He calls for the elders of the church and the, this Christ movement that is called at that time, you know, for people to, who are sick, for the elders to pray for them and to pray that people live lives that are pleasing to God. He encourages Christ followers to build this strong community of connection and togetherness by supporting each other through difficult seasons and difficult times and by praying for people who go through difficult seasons. He asks them to lean into this culture of prayer. And this is what he says to them, which is so amazing. He says this, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, prayer is not some mystic thing reserved for a select few people. Prayer is actually a conversation with God. And a conversation is talking and listening. And sometimes it's more important to listen in a conversation than actually talk. And so James, who is the older brother, or the younger brother, rather, of Jesus, and Jesus is his older brother. And it's so amazing to think of that Jesus had, you know, brothers and sisters, and James was his younger brother. And James was not a fan of Jesus at the start, you know. It is later after Jesus' death and resurrection that he became this great influential leader in the early church. And so James is writing to this developing community. This community actually became the envy of other communities around them because they started to develop this care and devotion to each other that helped meet the needs of their community. And so this brand new community began to actually sell property and and give that money, that finances, to the leaders of the church to distribute to those who lacked. And because of their commitment to prayer and their love for one another, they saw such tremendous success in their lives and the lives of those that belong to this brand new Jesus community. And the, the amazing thing was that they saw such wonderful miracles happen in the midst of them because they relied on God's provision and not their own supply. And God supernaturally provided for them. The early days of this Jesus movement were filled with awe and wonder and so many people came to Jesus because of what these people did and said. Not just what they preached about, but how they lived their lives in the bits of the city and the cities at that time amongst their friends and neighbors. And so this letter that James writes is at the start of this Jesus movement. It's a first century letter. And unlike us, they didn't have, you know, the gospel letters and the letters from Paul and all the other, you know, uh, leaders of the church to refer to in a book that was bound together. They didn't have any of those things. All they could rely on 
was some of the oldest scriptures that were known as the Torah that was available to Jewish believers at that time. And all that they had was their understanding of how God worked through the Jewish scriptures. So James aptly brings Elijah into the, into the picture, this old prophet from Jewish scripture named Elijah, who was so familiar to them because he had gone through persecution and struggle just like they were going through right then. And this is what he actually writes and says about this prophet named Elijah. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. James wants to encourage his readers and listeners to be faithful in prayer and faithful in trusting God even when it looks like things aren't going the way they should go, when it appears that things are actually difficult around us. And so let me ask you a question. Do you sometimes experience difficult seasons in your life? Have you ever had a time where it felt like nothing was going the way that you wanted it to go and whatever you tried or will try or hope to try just didn't end up in success? Did you ever feel like you were stuck or do you ever feel like you're stuck in a rut and life is just one long season of never-ending negative things that are happening in your life that you just can't seem to break out of? Or if you're having a difficult time in your relationships or friendships or you're struggling with your finances or under pressure at home or your marriage or school or finances, whatever it is, you know, when things don't go our way, we get discouraged, we feel down and they don't work in our favor. We really feel like, you know, this is not working for us. Well, this is what happened to those people. Things went working out the way they thought it would. So James, this wisdom leader in the church, writes this letter and he brings Elijah into the picture because Elijah was doing what God wanted him to do, but yet he ended up in trouble, just like they did, and sometimes just like we do, right? And so Elijah was one of the most amazing prophets the Jewish people had. And he was quite an old man when he appeared on the scene. And not much is known about the past of Elijah. But we do know that he comes from the town of Tishbe and that he was actually bald like I am. And they made fun of him because he was bald, you know. And so God raises up Elijah and gives him a message and sends him into the king's palace. And he has this powerful entrance on the scene when he shows up at the king's palace and he says to King Ahab, he says this, there's going to be a famine on the land because you are leading God's people into idolatry. Well, King Ahab doesn't like that. He turns around and says, Elijah, you are a troublemaker. You're causing a lot of trouble. And Elijah is the one that says, no, 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 no. You are actually the one that is causing trouble in this land. You and your family, you're actually leading God's people into idolatry. And so Elijah then proclaims this famine that's about to hit this land. And this is exactly what happens. But it's what happens after this and where we get insight from what was happening before this that actually is so fascinating. Of course, after Elijah said there's going to be famine, Famine does hit the land and there was no food or crops or grain and you could not even trade bread for its weight in gold. Imagine that. That's how bad it got, that people were willing to trade their most valuable possession for something to eat. There was absolutely no food 
in the land. And of course, Elijah is also caught up in this famine. He's followed God's direction. He's done what God has asked him to do. But yet he ends up in the same lack, in the same famine as everyone else. You know, have you ever felt like you were doing the right thing or doing what God asked you to do, but yet you ended up in trouble? Well, that's exactly what happened to Elijah. It's see, it's when things get difficult in our life that we look for answers. It's when we run into trouble that we think about asking people for help. As long as everything is going well, things seem to be going smoothly, you know, life is just at a gentle pace and we are relaxing, we don't have a care or trouble in the world. But when trouble hits, that's when we panic and realize oftentimes it's too late. We have not prepared and we have not actually put a action plan in place and it's now too late when life hits us with the unexpected. I'm sure you can identify with this. At some point in your life, trouble came knocking and it just left you feeling overwhelmed. See, we all have seasons in our life where we live. Sometimes we feel on this roller coaster of life where we go up and we go down. We have the dizzying heights, the giddy heights, and then we have the low, the depressing lows and the rough times of life. We want to celebrate the good times and the highs in life, but no one wants to talk about the bad times and the depths and the low times where we hit depression and we get into trouble and we're desperate, right? Well, Elijah is in this situation. When Elijah announced the famine, he also suffered a lack of food. But here's what I want you to understand and I want you to see. That's why James is bringing Elijah into this picture. God had prepared a plan for Elijah before he went to see Ahab. Even before he went into that palace, God had already prepared a great plan for Elijah. So often we look at the situations in life and we react to what comes into our life. We just react. Sometimes things happen and then we ask for help or we realize we need help. We react to things that happen to us. We are reactive, but God is proactive. That's what's important to understand. God plans for our assistance before the situation even happens. Whatever you are going through right now, God knew and God has already planned an exit strategy for you before you even got yourself in trouble. God knew that the famine would affect the land, even Elijah. Maybe Elijah even didn't realize how he was going to survive, but God knew. God knew what he was going to do. And so he tells Elijah, and I want you to, to lean in and really listen to what it said right here. Listen carefully to these words. This is what it says. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kirith Raven, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. Now, did you pick it up? Did you get God's words? He did not say, Elijah, go to the brook so, you, so we can kind of figure out what we can do for you. He didn't say, go there and I'll try and work something out for you. He didn't even say, let's see what will happen when you get there. God said, I have directed. The tense that's used is the past tense. I have already directed. It's already done. God has already prepared a source of help for Elijah. 
God planned for Elijah's future before he even went to see King Ahab. God plans for our future before we encounter a problem. In essence, God was saying to Elijah, I've already taken care of your supply, Elijah. You don't have to worry. You don't have to stress. Before you even arrive at the place of need, I've already provided. Before Elijah left his house, God made a plan. Before Elijah went into the king's palace, God commanded the ravens. Before Elijah told the king that there would be a famine, God already had his plan worked out. See, God provides for us before we even know we will need something. Here's what's so comforting about this. Because God loves us and thinks about us and sees things in advance, he plans for us even when we make poor decisions and bad choices and end up in conflict. You might think, you're going through a season of difficulty right now, but God has already planned a season of success for you. You might say, but you know what? I've lost a loved one. I've lost a job. I've had a rough time. I've had a rough few months. I've had a rough few years. I feel like I'm down and out. I feel like no one cares. I feel like even God has abandoned me. Friends, that is the furthest thing from the truth. See, God has already planned a future that's better than your past. God has a blessing in store for you that's in front of you. Like Elijah, even though there was a famine around him, there was lack all about him. There was no food. There was no crop. They looked like nothing was about to happen. It looked like there was no future for Elijah, but God had already prepared a place for him that would provide for his needs. And so many times we look at what is around us. We get distracted because we focus in on what we don't have, what we lose, what we have lost, or what trouble we are in, or what we are going through. And we let our current circumstance dictate our perception of the situation. We get distracted from what God is saying and where God is taking us. And when we get distracted we lose focus on our destination and we miss out on the miracle of God's provision. I remember I was driving a car many years ago and I was driving this car and I got to a stoplight. I stopped, you know, and I, I was waiting for the light to turn green. And, and incidentally, a bug just flew into my car. I had the windows down and it was just bothersome. And I was trying to get this bug out of the car and out of the corner of my eye, I noticed that the light had turned green. And so I was distracted by this bug in my car and I hit the accelerator. But what I hadn't realized or hadn't observed was that the car in front of me, even though the light was green, had not moved and I had rammed into them. You see, I was distracted trying to get this bug out of the car and I didn't focus in on what was in front of me. Thankfully, no one was hurt. It was just a little fender bender. But I want to illustrate the point. When we are distracted by minor things, we lose focus on big things or what's really important. If Elijah had, like many of us would have, said, God, how come I'm in this place? How come I don't have any food? How come I'm in this lack? I thought I was doing what you asked. I, I kept believing. I kept following. I kept praying. I kept walking. I kept doing exactly what I'm, you asked me to do. Why am I in this situation? See, what Elijah knew was that 
because I'm doing what I asked you to do, I'm in this place. But that does not mean that you've abandoned me or will not provide for me. Here's this thought again. What's most comforting and the comforting thought is that God's presence is always with us and he will lead us to a place of blessing he has already prepared for us. If Elijah was distracted by what he saw, the famine, the lack of food, the dead ground, the dry land, he would never have gone to where God asked him to go. And this is the fact. If God's promise, it's God's promise and your obedience that bring the blessing that you will enjoy. I'll repeat that. It's God's promise and your obedience that will take you to the place of blessing. See, when all you see is what you are missing, you will never see that you will get your blessing. If all you see is what you are missing, you will never see what will be your blessing. What we see does not always indicate what we will get. It would seem strange, you know, it's a strange thing to send Elijah deeper into the wilderness. I don't know if you've ever seen photos or pictures of the land surrounding Israel, present-day Israel, you know, the countryside there. It's a barren and inhospitable place. But yet God told Elijah, I want you to go deeper into this barren place, a land that was already in famine. On the outside, it makes no sense. There's no logic to this. God, if you're going to take care of me, send me to a place where there's crops. Send me to the place where there's some sort of, you know, food. Send me to a place, even to the king's palace, there might be some food there. But send me to a place where there's wells or water. Don't send me into a barren place, into a wilderness place. But God actually said, Elijah, go deeper into the wilderness. Go deeper into the place that looks like nothing can live. Go to the place where things actually die. It looked impossible and it made no sense to send an old man into a deserted place. And yet... It's in the middle of this wilderness place that God's miracle takes place. It's in the empty places of our lives that God shows his greatest miracles. You see, it was in the wilderness that he brought down manna from heaven. It was in the wilderness that he divided the Red Sea. It was in the wilderness he brought water out of the rock. It was in the wilderness that Jacob saw heaven. It was in the wilderness that John the Baptist performed his ministry. It was in the wilderness Jesus went through his greatest test. It was in the wilderness that God tested Abraham. It was in the wilderness that Jesus got baptized and saw a dove come down from heaven. It was in the wilderness that David got anointed to be king. Over and over and over again through scripture, we see this act of God sending people into the wilderness where he displays his marvelous miracle. Over and over again, it's in the wilderness places that God does the greatest miracles. It seems when Elijah ended up in the wilderness, it was at that place that food and water were provided in a time of famine. Ravens brought Elijah food and the brook supplied him water. What seemed to be a place of lack became a place of blessing 
and provision. Isaiah, another great prophet, gives us an inkling of this when he says, The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come to save you. If God is leading you into a wilderness place, it's because he's getting ready to bless you. He's taking you into a season of success. Elijah knew this. If God's promise and your obedience that bring you the blessing. It's God's promise and your obedience that bring you the blessing. His obedience was contained in the blessing. His blessing was an obedience to hear what God said and go where God told him to go. If he never went to where God told him to go, maybe he would not have made it. Maybe, you know, his weak hands and unsteady knees, like Isaiah said, would have dropped and he would have given up and surrendered and and been in this lack of food. But Elijah went where God told him to go. He would not have enjoyed the benefit of God's place of safety if he was distracted by the place of lack. And so many times, God has places of blessings for us in the middle of our storms, in the the middle of our struggles, in the middle of our pain, in the middle of our heartache, in the middle of our depression, in the middle of our rejection and unrest. God prepares a place of blessing for us. However, if we get distracted by what we are going through, we will miss what he's saying if we only see the lack and we'll miss his blessing. We all go through seasons, right? As I said that before, seasons of winter, seasons of hurt. But God has prepared a season of success that's ahead of you. And if you move in the direction he's asking you to, he will, you will experience his season that he has prepared for you, a season of success. What ahead of you is going to be better than what's behind you. What God has for you is greater than what you've lost. What God has planned for you is bigger than where you are presently are. His plans for you are greater than you could possibly imagine. Paul brings this thought into mind when he writes this, however it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. You can't even imagine the blessing God has in store for you. What you will see in your season of success isn't even something you can comprehend yet. God has prepared a place for you, all of those who love him and hear him. And as Christ followers, we're called to be led by God and directed by God and guided by God. But so many of us get caught up in the distractions of what we see around us and we don't realize that we're actually missing out on the blessing that God has prepared for us. Our season of success is ahead of us and no one can remove it from us, only you. What Elijah shows us is that he has the wisdom not to look at what is around him, 
he looks at what God is telling him. James says about Elijah, he was just as human as we are. Did Elijah suffer doubts? Of course he did. You find out later that he got afraid when they threatened his life and he ran away and he was afraid just like us and he cried out to God and he asked God questions less like we do when he didn't understand things. Yet James says in spite of all of his human frailty and his human condition, in spite of all the doubts and fears, he listened and he prayed and he heard from God, he was strengthened and encouraged. When Elijah prayed according to God's will, it stopped raining. And three and a half years later, when he prayed again, it started raining. Does that mean that whatever Elijah prayed, God did? Absolutely not. The scriptures tell us many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. What we have to understand is that we don't always have to understand. Sometimes it does not make sense to us why certain things happen. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to us why God is sending us to a place of wilderness. It doesn't make sense to us why God is taking us through some lonely seasons of life when we lose a loved one or or we lose a job or why we end up in a wrong place or in a tough situation. And sometimes we don't understand that. But here's what I do know. As long as we look at what we lack, what we have lost, we'll be stuck in a holding pattern. You know what a holding pattern is? That's what happens to planes. You know, they come to their destination, but they're not able to land. And so the control tower tells the plane they just need to go in a circle. It's called a holding pattern. They're just stuck in limbo. They can't land. They can't go back. They don't have enough fuel to go back, but they're not able to land. And so they're just stuck going round and round and round. They're not getting anywhere. They're going forward or they're going in a circle, but they're not actually getting to their destination. And sometimes in life, if we just focus on what we lack or what we've lost, that's what happens. We're in this holding pattern. We can't move to our destination and we can't go back. And so what God is telling us, yes, we've gone through lack. Yes, we've gone through a season of loss. But look forward. I've prepared for you a better place, a season of success, a better season than what you've come through. And we have to realize that God's plan for us is in front of us and not behind us. When we listen to God and hear his promise and follow his direction, because our season is in front of us and not behind us. God has prepared a place for us, each and every one of us that God loves, he prepares a place for. You are not destined to die in the wilderness. You're not destined to suffer lack and perish because God has prepared a place of provision and success for you. You are going, you're going ahead of that. You're going to it, a season of success that's in front of you. Remember, James is writing to a people who went through difficult seasons. They were driven out of their homes and their cities. They would have lost loved ones and family and possessions and houses and other things they value in life. Some of them would have had to start over in different places and gone through difficult seasons. And it would have been hard and difficult for them. 
And so that's why James is also writing this to them. And he's writing it to us because we've been through some difficult seasons in our life. And so understand this, what James is saying. Whatever you have gone through or going through right now, it is not the end of your journey. It might be a rough season, but a better one is coming. Know that this season of success or this season that you're in, your season of success is in front of you and not behind you. Don't be distracted by what's happening around you. Look ahead to where God is taking you to a place of blessing, a season of success. And that's what James wants to remind his readers and listeners. And that's what God wants to remind us, that we are going to go to a season of success, that he has prepared for you and for me a place of victory and a place of provision that is ahead of us and not behind us. I pray that God will take you and show you to this place of success. So let's pray as we thank God and look forward to the season of success. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that you show us through the example of Elijah that you prepare places for us before we even encounter a problem. And so I'm praying this morning that you continue to help us not be distracted by what we see around us or what's happening presently in our life, the lack or, or the struggle or the pain or the circumstances, but actually we look with your eyes and see and hear your voice and listen that you are taking us to a place of success, a season of success, a place of victory in our lives. If we can just get away from the distractions and focus in and hear from you as we conversate to you in prayer. And so, Lord God, I'm praying for everyone listening, everyone hearing, that you would encourage them. Let them know that you have a place prepared for each and every one of them that's ahead of them and not behind them. Their greatest success is in their future and not in their past. That you will and have done marvelous things in their life, and you will continue to do so. So we thank you, we honor you, and we bless you right now. Bless your listeners Bless your church. Bless your people. Bless everyone listening this morning. We thank you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.